world, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag. It's time to level up. So, Jono, not many people know you. I'm just going to ask you just to introduce yourself a little. Just tell us something about you. Ooh, I feel like I've been in ministry a large part of my life. Uh, I've done everything from youth pastoring in churches to working in children's ministry to working for Christian ministries to working for charities that are not Christian. I've done a whole pile of things. And probably the the coolest thing, I think, is, well, my wonderful wife and my two fabulous children, uh, Daniel and Elena, and and Lynn, my wife. Um, we are currently madly, crazily traveling the world, doing jobs in different places, trying to help uh, the church and the organization that I'm working for, the charity that I'm working for, do and, and accelerate their ministry, which is really quite cool. So, yeah. I know that some people are going to think that you talk funny. I, I mean, I don't think that, but some people might. Like, <laughs> I have a funny feeling you do think Where's I that? talk funny, but I'm just... <laughs> Where is that accent from? Um, so I'm originally from New Zealand, but grew up in Australia. Australia for 15 years and then back to New Zealand. And then since there, I've lived all over the world. I even spent six months living in South Africa. I've lived in the UK. I've lived in Malaysia. And currently, I'm living in Canada. I love the fact that you've been in these different environments, being in these different contexts, whether it was where you lived or whether it was where you worked. Do you think that's helped you in some of your work or has that been more of a hindrance or a challenge? You definitely learn how to deal with people. I think that's that's been a really interesting dynamic of actually a lot of what I'm doing is reasonably technical. And so then you're trying to explain technical stuff to non-techie people, and then also inspire them to use it. Um, so you you end up learning about, you know, what levers do you need to pull? How do you interact with people? And the variety of people that I've met, you know, I'm fairly out there person who likes to just get out there and experience life and try different things. Not everybody's like me. And that's definitely been a learning curve to actually then think about how do I interact with these people? How do I help them see the benefits of what we're doing and then and then use those? The common thing about wherever you've been is that it's people that you go work with, right? And and it doesn't it doesn't matter how like what you, what you actually might be working on. You're trying to move the help move the mission of the church forward. The church is people. I'm going to make some assumptions here. You've grown up in a particular church setting, in a particular church culture or way of doing things. Do you have any memories of when you stepped into an environment that was slightly different from yours, and there were like maybe found some things that were different that that kind of got your attention? Going from New Zealand to Malaysia, that was that was huge. Uh, and just learning an entirely new culture, how people talk to each other, how they actually made decisions. And in a New Zealand context, I'd probably be fairly blunt. Uh, that didn't work very well in an Asian context. Uh, they still wanted me to be upfront, but I needed to be. Uh, I needed to provide the option for them to to see it in a slightly different way. I'd say the same thing about when we lived in the UK. Uh, that actually even the interactions there were quite different to then what I'd experienced in New Zealand, what I experienced in Australia, what I experienced in Malaysia later in life. I'm actually trying to figure out how do we how do we converse about this topic that's really important and we do need to make a decision or we do need to move this forward, making sure that that's getting done in a way that they're happy with, that I'm happy with, and that 
and that moves the mission of the organization along as well. I've always found that culture piece is really interesting. And I think that, that how you deal with people becomes really interesting. Understanding of you can't necessarily take what works here in Canada and just pick it up and just dump it straight into a Latin America or a or an Asia or an Africa. It's going to need conversation around it. It's going to need, well, maybe the principle of the idea works, but then you've got to shape it in a different way that actually then gives you the same, similar results um, or the similar piece of information, but just in a way that then works with the people that are working in their, de- their demographic. Where you've had to sort of untangle the culture that is built into something from the principle in which you're actually trying to, to make sure it's preserved. How have you gone about some of that? You talked a little bit before about the fact that, you know, you grow up in a particular church culture. I was, I think, reasonably lucky that I that I actually had a number of experiences at an early age. Um, part of that was because we moved countries. So in Australia, I was in one denomination. When we moved to New Zealand, we were in a different denomination. And then actually when I got my first youth pastoring job, uh, it, was, it was in a different denomination. I'd come from a denomination that was very... Um, pro youth ministry to a denomination that was really only just starting to become interested in youth ministry and so then they have ideas about how things should work or they've got ideas about this is the way our church works and you're showing them something new uh, and saying well actually what about this what's uh, can we find a happy middle ground here or can we switch if this is entirely better let me show you some research so again depending on the person uh, depends on what you show them. Um, sometimes I usually find that story really engages. So if I can tell you a story about why we need some change, how do I tell you the story that then helps you see where this is going to go? Because I like this approach of there is a common ground that we can find. And one of the ways that I can find that is through painting a picture or telling a story. Local churches exist in a wider culture. You've got the general broad culture that influences how people generally act or interact or do things. And that tends to sort of permeate how church life also happens sometimes. How did you pick up, uh, you know, some of those wider uh, cultural or contextual things so that you're able to really be more focused in the smaller context, which is the local church? I have always loved to immerse myself in, you know, those sorts of environments. So uh, for me, when I joined a Presbyterian church. Um, uh, the Presbyterian church in New Zealand has a blue book, which is sort of like the list of rules and other bits and pieces of where, the way the Presbyterian church functions. I tend to read those things, which then makes me slightly odd. <laughs> so I'll be sitting there and I'm like, well, actually, the blue book says this. And, and they'll go, oh, you actually read it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so, the, you know, there's things like that where I really try to immerse myself in the culture. Uh, Baptist churches in New Zealand have a strong focus on youth ministry, and that was sort of, it was fostered around community. We had a couple of central figures for sure, but there was that element of they were bringing us together on a regular basis to make sure that we understood that wider picture. And I think there's something in that for leaders to be really aware of, of actually, again, it's about people. Uh, that idea of, you know, you need to be making sure that you're telling that greater narrative within the you know small suburb that I'm working in and the kids that are within that area, 
well, actually, there's a bigger picture. Let me tell you about what's actually going on in the city. Let me tell you about what's going on in this country or province or state. Um, and I think that sharing of knowledge and that sharing of information becomes really important for people to have that bigger narrative story. So I've, I've been asking questions about like, how did you get to know the culture? I don't know if you've done it consciously, or maybe you can think about some of the ways that you've tried to help people to know you, um, because you're just coming from a world that's slightly different from from the one that you now find yourself in? One of my sort of guiding principles, but it's one of the things that I've really tried to focus on is this idea of family, uh, that actually even when I'm building a work team, I'm thinking about family. Yes, every family has the crazy uncle, uh, slightly weird brother or whatever it happens to be, you know, that's, um, but actually that the idea of, of really providing the space that, Everybody can bring ideas. Everybody can contribute, no matter how old you are, how young you are, you know, what your job title is, that actually there's this real element of family. I think I've tried to do that in everything, in every job that I've had. Um, so if I think back to my children's work and stuff like that, that was very much about sort of developing a team and a family of young adults predominantly uh, who were then who were then part of something bigger. So I was... I was inviting them into this family, but giving them the idea of, hey, you're impacting these children's lives. Um, and that for me was, that, that that was the big narrative that we were telling. How do we start bringing these people together? So we started having dinner together regularly. They'd just come to my place and, and with the leaders and we would sit around, we would have dinner together, there'd be laughing and craziness, but then there'd be business. Um, and so it was that idea of we got to know each other, we got to really get involved in each other's lives as much as everybody wanted to share and some were more trusting than others and that was absolutely fine because again it's that family family dynamic of actually the people that you have alongside you particularly i think working in a ministry they're going to have different skills they're going to have different life experience they're going to have you know and understanding that actually you're providing a space for them to come and bring those skills and, you know, we're all committed to the ministry of what we're trying to do. But what we're trying to do is provide that space so that when we come together, it feels like family. What are some of the things that you now consciously say, okay, I'm now going to a different country, a different people. And what are some of those things that you do that you tweak in terms of just mentally or I don't know how, or even emotionally, I don't know, however you prepare, maybe extra push-ups, I don't know. I've moved a reasonable amount in most of my life. Um, I've also had jobs that involve a fair amount of travel. So it's there's some elements for me that when I think about the question that you're asking, a lot of it is around listening and watching. I try and make sure that I'm still me. I think that's, that's really key as well, that I, I don't want to change me. Well, I do want me to change. That's I want to keep the core things about me. Those elements for me become really key, but they can mm. they can change depending on the situation, right? I feel like I'm a natural born encourager. Uh, so I always take that into whatever workspace I am I'm in that is just like, no oh, man, you can do this. Let me help you. Uh, you know, or let me show you or let me let's work on this together. But then what I'm looking for and what I'm watching and I'm listening to and and this applies to, you know, you start a job at a new church or any of those sorts of things that you're actually 
I think you've got a time period of actually of really sort of watching and listening and getting an idea about how the culture moves, uh, how the how the people operate, and then what you want to do within that to then make sure that you're you're fitting, but you're also still being you. Um, so when we moved to Malaysia, that was a a pretty reasonable culture shock. I could probably get away with going to the office with some nice dress shorts. I couldn't do that in Malaysia, or I wouldn't do that in Malaysia because I'm looking for how do I fit within the culture while still being me. So that that element of it, I mean, that's a really simple example, but I think that element of listening and watching and being aware of what's happening around you giving yourself some time to learn those things, knowing that you're going to make mistakes and actually that it's okay to ask silly questions. I don't know how many times I've just said, hey, this might be a silly question, but yeah, it's that willingness to just go, so why do we do it this way? What's behind this? Or And just to learn and understand, I'm not criticizing or critiquing, it's just I'm wanting to learn. And as long as I come with that willingness and am open about that, then I've seen that that's been very helpful for me as I've gone through all these changes. Tell the people out there, because the world wants to know about some of the things that you do around cuisine when you go into different uh, spaces. (laughs) I don't know what you're alluding to. (laughs) So I've done lots of things around cuisine. You're going to a country, you're going to a new country, and maybe you've got a week to be there. You know, well, why not try random things? I mean, that for me is just like, it's absolute gold. You know, I am usually with someone that speaks the local language and also speaks English. So that has, you know, you get that, hey, try this, uh, or this is really good. Or, you know, in Korea, let's go for Korean barbecue or Korean souffle pancakes. Oh, my gosh. Those are just phenomenal. Uh, you know, going to uh, going to places where, you know, I just I just decided, you know, I love Mexican food. Um, so why not try and find Mexican food in random weird places? You set yourself little goals and little fun things to try and do, and, you know, and away you go. I don't know what this is, but it smells good, and everybody's everybody's picking one up. Let's have one of those. How do I cultivate my openness to engaging people in terms of just? different cultures and allowing that to be sort of a two-way street. What are some of your thoughts around how you cultivate that kind of a, a mindset? There's got to be a willingness there on your part not to be the scaredy pants um, and to find ways that you can actually do this sort of connection, whether that's you know standing on opposite sides of the road yelling at each other. It's that willingness to ask for help sometimes as well that makes a big difference too. So uh, we were... New Zealand Canadians who hadn't really lived in snow. We didn't have all, the, all of the things that you need for that. Uh, shovels and brushes and stuff like that. And the guy next door uh, saw me trying to sweep away snow from my driveway with a plastic um, broom. And he just he came out and said, would you like to borrow mine? Uh, and it was just like, day and night between what I could do with his proof versus my proof. And it's that, again, it's the idea of willingness to show vulnerability, willingness to put yourself out there, willingness to say yes. And I don't know how how many people I've talked to who are not willing to say yes. And that idea of, you know, yes, I need help. Yes, that would be wonderful. Yes, thank you so much. Um, that stuff just, it just opens it up. If, I'm, if I take this back to church work or to my current work in ministry, 
what I'm also trying to do is make sure that I don't know everything. It's all good. Uh, there's still some effort you're putting in. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely still some effort I'm putting in. But there's no way that I know everything in the particular area that I'm working in. And then when you're talking in your congregation and you're sitting next to someone who, I don't know, looks different from you or grew up with a different background or any of those sorts of things, those that willingness to share life and to share story. And I think particularly in the church world, we've actually got so much possibility to share story. I'm not just talking your testimony, but I'm talking your life and come alongside people and be understanding as well. That you don't necessarily need to share something. You can just listen. Wow. Jono, this has just been so helpful. I really appreciate your input and some of the wisdom and you sharing some of your experiences. I, I get to be your friend or you get, yeah, I get to be your friend. Um, <laughs> I think we get to be each other's friend. I think that's the one. Okay. We get that's to be the, each other's friends. Yeah. And just the experience of just like, hey, wait a minute. Is that how you do it? You know, in your culture, when you grow up or in New Zealand, or how do they do things over there? And that's really just expanded a continues to be one of the ways I think my life is enriched because my worldview is bigger. I have an awareness of um, how people at the end of the earth do things, possibly <laughs> people at the end of the earth. <laughs> uh, there are some, some, some interactions or moments where I get a bit of a window into your world and some of the things that shape your worldview and the way you do things and the things that are important and that you value. It's just helped me be a little more mindful. I'm looking forward to having more conversations with you on the on this here Church Mag podcast. Sharing. I'm vaguely terrified about more conversations with you about where, where our Why? first conversation has gone. Oh, it's just, it's that interesting piece, isn't it? And what we've done yeah. here, and in this mm-hmm. conversation that we've had, uh, what I've done is being vulnerable. Um, and I don't know whether you've read any Brene Brown or anything like that, but I've opened mm. my world to a whole pile of people yeah. I don't know, which is really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. And and for me, it's that space of like, well, actually, I, I put out some of my, I suppose, I haven't ever thought about them this way, but maybe life principles and ideas about how church works. And so for me, there's that mm-hmm. element of actually, well, hello, you know, and, yeah. uh, and <laughs> it's probably a. I don't know, that might not translate yeah. into every 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 language, but it's sort of like this is me, yeah, and, and that's um, fine. Yeah, it is, but it's a really interesting yeah. dynamic too. This is one of our first conversations on the podcast, and then think about where does this go? Yeah, where are we? Yeah, you know? sometimes you know, sometimes you don't know what you know until somebody asks you, and then you start talking, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, I actually do. You know, I do have something that guides me. It's just that I don't stop and and really ponder it that much unless someone says, hey, wait, this is just fantastic. Um, I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Jono. The question is, do you enjoy the Church Mag podcast? We hope you do. Send us an email, podcast at churchmag, and tell us what you love about the Church Mag podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love them. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. I don't know if I'm saying that word right. I mean, I, I, I really use, I've got so many, um, what do you call it? So many languages in my head. So 
I don't always say all the English words right. I can't remember what the question is now that I went as the aside blessing. 